When were the... What schools... Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. Hey, I'm Gabrielle Wright, intern for Curious City. Hi, I am Harold Washington. And that's former Chicago Mayor Harold Washington. This is the story of my time as a public servant representing the good people of Illinois. Well, not really Harold Washington. It's the Harold Washington robot you'll find at Chicago's DuSable Museum of African American History. The real Harold Washington was a big deal. An African-American state rep, congressman, and then Chicago's first black mayor. He beat the city's political machine and inspired multiracial coalitions that survived well beyond his death in 1987. The Harold Washington robot, not the man, inspired our question, which comes from John Quinn. John asked why the museum chose to use a Harold Washington robot. We had just visited the DuSable Museum for the first time, and it was kind of amazing. It was a really great exhibit, but the robot was a little creepy at times. Creepy. He's talking about those glassy eyes that follow you no matter where you stand, and the way it moves, it looks like it's about to stand up. Beneath the latex skin, its mechanical guts are pretty much the same as what you'd find inside robots at tourist traps like Disney World, or inside a certain giant robot rat that hawks pizza. Calling all kids! This is Chuck E. Cheese calling all you kids out there! Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to answer why the robot's there, and yeah, whether this thing's a good way to remember Harold Washington. Let's start with its creator. This is my baby. This is one of my favorite exhibitions that I, I've done here at the DuSable. Charles Bethay is chief curator at the DuSable and the idea man behind the animatronic likeness of Harold Washington. In 2002, he was in charge of updating their old Washington exhibit. The one set of instructions that I uh, received was to make it interesting. Bethay and his team spent four years figuring out how to showcase Harold's time as mayor in a more techie way. To fit the times, you know. One option was a life-size sculpture of Harold. Bronze. No, some sort of resin finish. Then... Hey, what about an animatronic? I, I wish I could tell you that it was just some lightning, thunder clashed, heavens opened, and, you know, the idea just hit us and you heard the trumpets. Unfortunately, it wasn't. But when we started to think more so about an animatronic, it was like we could literally put him at his desk. We could literally bring video into the presentation. That's where the excitement came, because it was like, what? We can actually get this. And they could. Turned out animatronic tech had gotten cheaper. Cheap enough to fit the DuSable's budget. To make the bot, Bethay commissioned Life Formations, a factory of the lifelike based in Ohio. Together, they fleshed out a just-right herald. His weight, his laugh lines, his voice, and how he'd sit. Mr. Washington now sits from his preserved desk and talks visitors through highlights of his career, namely the big one, racially charged conflicts within city council from 1983 to 86, a.k.a. the council wars. Some members of the 29 openly admitted that they blocked my proposals even when they agreed with them. Because they claim any good idea of mine would be bad for the city. That rumble is the air compressor. The animatronic Harold needs a tune-up, but Bethay says it still gets a reaction. And it's all quiet, and then the next thing you know, you hear the compressor fire up and, Hi, I'm Harold Washington. 
everybody freaks out and you can hear everybody, all the children, you know, guffaw or scream or react to this thing uh, coming to life. <laughs> that laughter emanates from Travis Gillum with the Life Formations Company. He designed and managed the Harold Bot Project. I asked him about the creep factor. That's a tough line to walk, especially with the humans. Um, obviously, if you're not very realistic with the human, it can be somewhat disappointing and sometimes creepy. But at the same token, if it's ultra-realistic, <laughs> sometimes that can be very creepy to people. <laughs> especially when Harold narrates a video of Harold's funeral procession. Uh, some of the museums feel that animation actually is going too far when you're talking about a serious subject. Why would you want to bring, you know, Disney-esque, you know, uh, entertainment, if you will, to a, a subject like this? So, what does Bethay say to those Disney-sayers? Right after they're you know, scared out of their wits when they see it move for the first time, um, they do find themselves engaged with the, um, the figure itself. Okay, maybe creepy is also entertaining, but... Does the robot distract people from learning who Harold Washington was? I mean, it's entertaining, but for me, it doesn't get really at who Harold Washington was. That's the voice of one of Washington's former advisors, Jackie Grimshaw. I think you start with Harold's charisma. He could walk into a room with 100 people, and he was such a magnetic person that you would know he was there. Then at lunchtime, a walking tour of the Loop, a tour that was almost as crowded as the mayor's earlier appearance at the Mercantile Exchange. You guys are blocking out all the voters. I, uh, hi, how are you? <laughs> when you get home, tell Mama to vote for the mayor. And that exhibit doesn't, it doesn't it begin to relay, you know, that kind of personality, that kind of magnetism, that interaction which I think, with people, which I think was nourishing to him, was part of who he was. The museum's curator still stands by the impact the animatronic has on its core audience kids. You gravitate towards it and it pulls you in. Then you really start to think about that person's life legacy and where they fit in history and how, hopefully, how you relate. All right. How do kids relate? What did you guys think about that? Uh, well, it's realistic and the guy seems interesting and I wish I could like, meet him someday, but he's dead. The guy is dead. Not sure they're taking away more than that. But what about our questioner, John Quinn? As weird as it was, it was also kind of, you know, it inspired me to spend two months reading up about Harold Washington, so it did something. John says for him, interacting with the Herald bot actually led to a better understanding of the late mayor's legacy. Reporting for this story came from me, Gabrielle Wright. Curious City was founded by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ, AIR, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support comes from the Doris and Howard Conan Fund for Journalism. Curious City on WBEZ is supported by Audible.com, which has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. 
Audible is offering Curious City listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash curiouscity and download a title and start listening on your iPhone, iPad, Kindle, Android device, Windows phone, or over 500 different MP3 devices. Audible suggests Curious City listeners may enjoy books about Chicago like There Are No Children Here or County, Life, Death, and Politics at Chicago's Public Hospital. That's at audiblepodcast.com slash curiouscity. Next time on Curious City, with all the glare from Chicago's buildings and streetlights, it can be hard to see the stars, unless you happen to have a boat. So we're about 11 miles off the coast of Chicago, and above us right now we can see a lot of stars and constellations that we can definitely not see from our apartment. What it takes to find a dark corner of the sky. That's next time on WBZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.